the Cannabishes. Welcome to High Tea. High Tea is a high vibe cannabis entertainment company for women who also love weed. This is a thoughtful and blunt exploration of pot and its magic, the role it has in the lives and processes of cool and creative people everywhere, and an evolving cannabis culture we're seeing happen before our very eyes. We're elevating perceptions with every episode. Listen up as we go in. And welcome back, cannabishes and new listeners to High Tea. I'm your host, Jen Newton, otherwise known as Newts, and this is episode 31 of your favorite podcast. A little bit of a different kind of vibe today, but one that I think is really timely and important. Anyone who knows me knows I've always been deeply connected and intrigued by the stars, that connection between us on living earth and what's going on in the living sky, how the movement of those bodies affects us. I feel that energy and I feel the ripple effects of it in our dimension, as I believe many of us do, even though most of us have our collective blinders on day to day and tend to ignore what we might be feeling more subtly. But what better time than now is it to really look up toward the heavens, raise our hands up toward the light, and whisper to the angels, what the fuck? Because if there isn't any insight into what we're going through right now in the stars, then there's just no point of it. But I'll tell you what, there is. Now, I'm not the expert by any stretch, but I'll tell you what I do know. Here's what's up. 2020 has been called out as a time of distinct change. We know this. We're hearing right now is retrograde, 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 and that is what's up. This is a year of retrogrades, at least all the way through the summer. And it means that collectively and individually, we're all sort of graduating to a next level. But think about that, that time where you're blooming or you're birthing something. The actual process of it ain't cute right? It's uncomfortable. It's confusing. It's hella messy. So that's what we're experiencing right now. A collective rebirthing of new. Review, reevaluate, reorganize. This is the energy. So what's in retrograde? Jupiter, our beliefs. Saturn, our laws and rules. And Venus, our values. We're seeing and that's what we're in. And unfortunately, we're in it for months. We've got to surrender to it. There's no other way. It's tempting to want to escape or to want to go back to the way things were, but that ain't happening. You've got to believe in the bigger plan, the twists of faith. You trust them. You got to let go and let source, right? You got to let go and trust and have faith and believe that what's coming to you right now and through you right now is of a bigger divine intelligence time to get quiet go deep and listen to that divine plan not the man-made plan not the billionaire's plan or the doctor's plan or the reality tv president's plan surrender to the divine order and what comes through right now because that is what matters this time is important we'll never get it back so let's use it wisely my conversation today is with one of my favorite astrologers, Stevie Medina of Starry Alignment Collective. She's talking us through the planets and the stars and what it means for us on Earth. 
and how they affect the plant you and I love so dearly. There's some deep alchemic connections here between the plant and the planets and the stars that modern society has us ignoring. Some really interesting stuff here. The true wisdom of nature. This is High Tea Life. It was, it was my fault. I had my, my output going, going to my microphone. Usually I'm like, I'll do that for like a good three minutes and then realize I, my thing is muted. (laughs) Anyway, hello. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to meet you. I just listened to your forecast from yesterday. (laughs) Fun fun times are in. Oh my gosh. I know. (laughs) I know. I'm going to ask you about everything, like what we are in right now, if this and what's fucking shit up. Like, is it the age of Aquarius? Is it Uranus? Do people say Uranus anymore? Yeah. <laughs> you could say Uranus, Uranus. Yeah. Uranus? Uranus, exactly. It's a very Uranian thing that you can say it five ways. Okay. Well, before we get into like, the weeds. Let's start high level. We're going to mm-hmm. say hello to my one of my favorite astrologers, astrologists. Is there a difference? Astrologer. There's yeah. People say both. Facebook calls me an astrologist. Astrologers. <laughs> Stevie Medina. Yes. Hi, T. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're the only other podcast I listen to. Um, I feel the same. You're the most, I come back to you every time. Every time there's a new episode, I'm back. You're the only podcast I do that for. Oh, that touches me. Thank you. In a, in a no. good way, not, a, not an inappropriate way. Okay, so can you explain astrology in the most simplest terms, like the way you would to a newbie or a non-believer before we get into the whole connection between astrology and cannabis? Totally. Yeah. In layman's terms, astrology is just the study of the planets or the celestial beings and how those movements affect us here on earth. Okay. First, as, as a Newton, I understand that, right? It's like physics, yeah, energy, things pulling us positively or negatively charged. Yeah. As above, so below. It's like, these are magnets that affect our bodies. And we are also these beings that are interacting with those higher beings. You know, it's all connected and collective and an experience of a web of time, which astrology is also just the study of time. Okay. Time, energy. Yeah. And collective emotion. Okay. Yeah. You hear about sun sign, moon sign, rising sign. What's this? What's that? Like, what does all that mean? I've always sort of seen it as like, your, what's it called? Your birth chart is like a star map, like a, a map of who you are and what your life is about to be. And like, good luck to you. <laughs> is that sort of how you describe it? I would. Yeah. That's a really, it's a really simple way of describing it. And that's it. Yeah. Like the moment we come out of the womb is our first impression of our experience here. And there's theories that the first moment of anything is a mirror of the rest of its experience. 
And there are micro details and nuances in that moment, which the planets and the placements and the rising and the sun, the moon, all of that give us even more of a microscopic look into that moment and that, that being. If your star chart or your birth chart is not so good looking, are you just pooched? Like, are you just screwed? Are you in for a tough time or do you have free will in it? I think that the, the most empowering way to look at it would be that we are, we're going to have whatever's there. And there are remedies for ailments and challenges. And also just those challenges are part of our hero's journey. Mm -hmm. So it's like us being born is a blessing. So as we study our chart and we see patterns, we can see where we have a lot of strength and where there might be weakness. And then in alchemy, we can use crystals, use herbs, use plants to heal ailments and prevent uh, basically our inevitable death and the things that cause us death and the things that cause us stress and anxiety, which lead to a weaker immune system. So by knowing our chart, we're essentially becoming our own doctor so that we can heal our, uh, our shadow. That's so interesting. It's like insight into the issues and the toolkit for how to move forward and work with it. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay, so clearly there's a sacred connection between the living earth and what you call the living sky, which is so cool because I've never thought about it like that. Can you, I mean, we hear a lot about like, read the best strain for your zodiac and like mm-hmm. what, get your zodiac, cannabis zodiac thing, you know, for the month. But What is the true like correlation and connection between the plant and the stars? Okay. This topic, I'm so ready to dive deep with you um, because I want to start with the idea that uh, herbalism has always been part of the astrological healing process. And this is according to Hermeticism. And Hermeticism is one of the most ancient philosophical and esoteric traditions on the planet. Hermeticism is thought to be based on the writings of Hermes Trismegistus, who is actually associated with the Egyptian god Toth and the Greek god Hermes, which is better known as the planet that rules the mind, communication, and thought, Mercury. So there's this ancient text that um, connects astrology to things like alchemy and divine practices of ritual. And um, through that, we can see how the plants themselves are connected to the planets. And in this theory of astrological living and living in harmony with nature, we find that certain planets are connected with certain plants. And I was just going to ask that. Okay. Yeah. So beyond the growing and growing in time with the moon and that kind of thing, there, there truly are planets that represent and own certain energy, certain energy, plant energies. Yes, exactly. Okay. So what's our plant? What's weeds? uh, Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So if, if we look back to ancient, ancient texts and the most like concrete one that many astrologers come back to when they talk about um, 
herbalism and astrology is Cole Pepper's Complete Herbal. And that was written in the 1600s. So this is a very ancient text. And um, he says that cannabis is connected to the plant Saturn. And there are also many other references that we can see throughout history that directly connect the plant of hemp and cannabis to Saturn. And the more that I started to feel into that and to conceptualize it, the more it really started to make sense. Yeah. So Saturn is the most outer planet that we can see from Earth. And he has the slowest orbit. So he is the Lord of time and of karma. Saturn represents, um, well, a lot of things, but he's associated with the signs of Capricorn and Aquarius. So Capricorn is that cardinal earth sign, the beginning of all things earth, the beginning of earth as, a, as an element. And it's interesting because cannabis is thought to be like a plant that has followed us throughout history mm-hmm. and is, you know, we have cannabinoids in our bodies and, and this plant is almost fundamental to our existence here from the medicine of it, but also the building, the utilitarian use of this plant that can have us living heaven on earth. Um, So Saturn, although he's associated with darker shades, like being connected to death and um, struggle, resistance, restrictions, but we've seen that as well with the cannabis movement that, you know, this plant is one of the most amazing plants on the planet, but it also has this process of being restricted constantly. So it's not to fight for its, for its life, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Saturn is known as the god of agriculture to the Greeks. So I just love the correlation of like cannabis and Saturn, the god of agriculture. Because to me, like the whole reason why I'm like, yep, let me get on the mic with Minutes and tell her about astrology and cannabis is like, I think that cannabis is really meant to save our planet and our and our our humanity. And just like you're asking with uh, Saturn and Aquarius, and is this like an Aquarius vibe? I really think we're seeing it now. We're seeing cannabis becoming a priority, being a business that is staying open even during the quarantine. Um, and although we're having to experience and work through, especially with the people in the industry, they're having to really work through a ton of legislation and borders and boundaries and laws and a lot of no, which Saturn can represent. But by getting no's, we question why. And once we get to the why, we can maybe create a new foundation. And that's where I think with the times that we're in now with Saturn right now in Aquarius for the first time in 30 years and um, cannabis being this plant that is finally coming to the surface. So I know I'm like, we're jumping around and talking about so much at once, but I go back and forth between whether, you know, cannabis was a vehicle to help this kind of what feels like a divine uprising, but probably is also known as the age of Aquarius, as we know it, um, where people are changing their lives, they're taking control back, they're birthing new ideas, they're putting thing, you know, they're reconnecting with the earth and their hands again and their bodies again. Mm. Um, but then I wonder if it's also like the output of it, if just the fact that we're all feeling that and in that energy has allowed cannabis to become legal and we, and, 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 and has rushed that forward. And maybe you can't isolate if, is it one or the other, is it chicken or the egg, but it's, yeah. 
I was surprised to hear that it's ruled by a male energy, just being a female planet. And I'm always ranting and raving about the mm. female flower healing the earth. There's a connection. We can, we can unpack that. Oh yeah. Okay. So tell me. Yeah. So this was something really interesting that I was feeling into and I invite all the listeners to like conceptualize Saturn, conceptualize cannabis, consume cannabis and feel this relationship to Saturn and all these things we're talking about. Cause you'll start to take quantum leaps in your own mind, which is why I love symbolic language. Um, but love, before you start, <laughs> I love how intuitive astrology actually seems to be when I connect with you and talk to you. Like you think of it as just this sort of study of charts and maths and movement, the, the interpretation and feeling into the energy, I guess the astral bodies are sending you like yeah. it seems so interesting okay i'm gonna feel into saturn yeah we are antennas for the planets that are we are in touch with right now saturn rules both capricorn and aquarius and the first birthing of this sign through time if we go through the seasons it's you know late fall into early winter sagittarius season into capricorn season so the beginning our introduction the birthing of saturn being the ruler of the season is feminine because capricorn is a yin sign it's the yin expression of saturn so it's almost like how we have two strains of cannabis or of the plant we have the feminine and the masculine and they work together synergistically. I forgot about the males in the whole process of things. Well, it's, yeah, it's so cool that like we can really benefit from both. It's, you know, it's nature's wisdom. Yeah, so Capricorn is the cardinal earth sign, just like you're saying, like with women, the women on the ground, we are, I almost see like a marching of a movement where women are behind the plant and the, we are caretakers, you know, we are the ones that also connect to more maybe of the cannabis essence and how, how you've, I've seen through your podcast that there is a, like a, a connection to females and the plant, maybe more. I'm not sure what the exact statistics are, but I feel you in that like women have a really deep connection to the cannabis. And then Aquarius is the fixed air sign of the signs ruled by Saturn. And what's interesting too is that cannabis grows really, really tall and doesn't fall down. And fixed air is air that doesn't move and holds things in place. And I just think that's really crazy that, you know, there's that connection too, that we have cardinal earth, healing of the earth, foundational roots that heal our soil. And then the plant goes, grows super tall, like a, like into the, into the clouds, which is Aquarian. And it's also think about, you know, the two types of plants be even sativas and and indicas right or yeah. some balance between the two. Oh yeah one of them really grounds you into your body and like the three-dimensional plane and then the other kind takes you straight up somewhere else very yeah. high right and aquarius is the yang expression of saturn so we have this yin and yang and um you know although uh, uh, it's interesting too because cannabis has two qualities it is very phallic but it's also very feminine. <laughs> right. No doubt. It's pretty phallic. It's, it's pretty phallic. phallic. So, post I'm about to post. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like the, you know, a, a Saturn ending off with Aquarius and, you know, the last impression we get of cannabis is this big, tall phallic plant from a distance. 
Yeah, ideally very girthy. Yes. <laughs> okay. Tall and girthy. So we'll, we'll, we'll go back to a more pure discussion. We were talking about- well, yeah, it's a Scorpio. Scorpio rising and Scorpio sun here. <laughs> Are you? I'm a rising, but you're, you're a Scorpio sun, right? I'm a Scorpio sun. Well, that's yes. why I like you. I know. <laughs> that's why we're here. Yeah. Hair flip. <laughs> yeah. But I very much feel my other things. Like as soon as I did my birth chart and plugged it in and discovered I was also a Taurus moon mm. and a Pisces rising, I was like, that's me. Like I almost knew it was going to be that because I just feel very stubborn, but I also feel very Pisces. But anyway, so let's go back <laughs> to sort of the ancient study of astrology and how you saw cannabis woven into, what did you call it? Her hermetic practices? Yeah. So there's a lot of like, fun, it's funny because hermeticism is, it connects to Mercury and Mercury rules communication. So there's like so many ways to talk about hermeticism, hermetic law, there's Hermes Majestics, there's um, hermetic like corpus. You're from Harry Potter when you say that last. And that's time. and that's funny because this is the book of magic. This is right. the OG book of magic, which is what we were chatting about before. And if we come back to Nicholas Culpepper, who was a English botanist, herbalist, physician, and astrologer in the 1600s, if you Google. Culpepper's Complete Herbal, you'll find a free ebook where you can just search the word hemp and it will take you right to it and you can read from his book. And it just says hemp. This is so well known to every good housewife in the country that I shall not need to write any description of it. It is the only herb in the entire book that he doesn't explain what it is, what it looks like, where to find it. He just says everyone knows what this is in the 1600s. And then he goes on to say, hemp seeds boiled with milk can cure a hot, dry cough. Also creating an, a liquid extract from the roots and the herb itself can help with, quote, inflammations of the head and any other parts, eases in, the, in pains of gout, hard, humerus of knots in the joints, wow. the pains and shrinking of tendons and ligaments, and pain in the hips. Fresh juice mixed with a little oil and butter heals skin burns, quote. So it's just really fascinating that many of us know that it's great for inflammation and, and all of this. And, you know, Saturn rules the bones and, and this plant is associated with Saturn and healing the tendons, the ligaments, the hips, like, like, Okay, uh, but we're, you know, we congestion in the joints. Know this now, and I know that we know. Yeah, we knew in the 1600s. Apparently, <laughs> right? It was a misinformation campaign, and we've like yep. we're coming back to the truth. For some reason, wild notion that there are plants that can heal the body. Like it's like in the fucking Bible. So have we? Speaking of the stars like been in a time of shrouding us from the truth or disconnecting us from our earthly divine knowledge like what the fuck is going on like you and i are talking right now on 420 420 right like 420 420 420 yeah. but we're both quarantined i'm wearing fancy pajamas like we're deep in something fucking weird 
and real right or I don't know the how real it is but in something right weird. how crazy you don't even know how real it is right so speaking of misinformation campaigns or keeping us from the truth have we been in that yeah so I think that what age of Aquarius is oh, yeah so what's interesting is that at the end of this year Saturn is going to conjunct Jupiter at the at the first or the zero degree of Aquarius. And this is something that astrologers have been tracking for hundreds of years, being a time where it's literally going to be like the beginning of a whole new modern age. Right. It is considered to some to be connected to um, like almost like a um, a raindrop or a mirror of this Aquarian new age. The age of Aquarius is not going to come for a couple more thousands of years, but it took many, many thousands of years for us to get where we are now. And whenever something gets closer, we feel remnants of the actual major shift, like cars flying and things like that, which we'll see in probably 2000 years. So we are approaching it. And at the end of this year, actually on the, the day of the winter solstice, Saturn is going to align perfectly with Jupiter in Aquarius at zero degrees on the day of the winter solstice. And this time is supposed to be, it's actually known as the great conjunction of the 21st century. And it's supposed to be connected to almost like a turning of generations. And it's associated with the death and the birth of kings over you know hundreds of thousands of years this happens every 20 years where we notice these great conjunctions happening between saturn and jupiter but this conjunction is happening with saturn at home so saturn is a, is the greater malefic he does connect to deception and especially in our government he rules authority so there's a breaking down happening in our systems related to the government relating to how our society functions um, saturn rules the foundation of everything of our earth and we stand on earth and we are a society and and saturn has been in capricorn for the last uh, three years and now just on I think it was March 21st of this year, 2020, uh, Saturn entered Aquarius for the first time and we'll be here until the summer and then we'll retrograde back into Capricorn for the rest of the year and then go back into Aquarius until 2023. So Saturn in Capricorn and Aquarius only happens every 30 years and the great conjunctions only happen every 20 years. And the likelihood that it's going to be in the same sign that Saturn rules, the greater malefic, the one that has a tendency and ability to cause destruction and damage, that's where we are right now in time. But imagine after the destruction. I'm My seeing heart has started racing. <laughs> I'm seeing permaculture. I'm seeing local farming. I'm seeing people realizing what their basic needs are. Because Saturn also rules the root chakra all the toilet paper running out, all these things, like crazy correlations to us figuring out how to become grounded again and more self-sufficient. Yeah, Saturn rules yeah. mastery. Yeah. And survival. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So our government and our systems and the structures of the world should, if it's humanitarian in its nature, support life. And that's what Saturn wants. The God of agriculture wants life. It wants flourishing. Um, but there are, the garden is, is, a, is a crazy place that we have to learn how to weed. And we are the ones that get to work with this energy. So it is very 
um, this time is something people have been talking about for thousands of years right. and even hundreds. And now, you know, closer and closer, this has been something people are waving flags at in the astrology community. Like this is going to be bad. This is going to be an economic crash. Like we've never seen before. Um, I was just because Jupiter have... expands things too and makes it bigger. Okay. Because you know, you've heard that in different ways and different cultures, sort of 2020 has long been sort of pr mm. predicted as a time, a turning point, a tipping point, whatever the case may be in the astrology community. Did you feel into how all of this would manifest? I mean, oh, wow. That's a really Interesting question. It's hard as an astrologer to say, oh, there's this virus that will come out and everyone will be in quarantine. So that's kind of what people expect when they're like, what's going to happen? It's like, I don't know. I just know that the energy is Saturnian. <laughs> and here's all the things Saturn represents. And, you know, once we're in the storm, you can make predictions, but it is very acute to our observations. In my, in my experience. But then there are people who are clairvoyant and literally see the future. I also kind of wonder, I mean, I'm a Scorpio through and through, so I'll think things through deeply. And like, yeah. you know, you wonder, you, you've got to go so far to wonder as to whether the powers that be have astrologers involved in their advisory board and they felt that there was this like divine uprising happening with the people so then all of a sudden there had to be something that would be the antithesis of that or cork that fucking power or whatever yeah. the case may be like kings always employed astrologers before yep. they went to war and stuff right it's not yep. that wild of a notion it's it's interesting to to think or conceptualize the potential that there are is a very 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 tiny small group of people at the top of this food chain that we're experiencing in the matrix and those people probably work with astrologers and they're also probably guided by the shadow of saturn and this major energy who's at home who needs a conduit for order and this is also why I think it's important to study the extremes because there's the extremes of the dark and then there's the extremes of the light. How, where are the light workers going to be disciplined and organizing to really expose higher truths uh, and, and create order that serves, serves everyone? But yeah, I definitely think that there might be some people who are amongst the many, many few that, that are really controlling the whole thing. And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, there's even uh, connections in the astrological lineage to peoples of power, basically being astrologers. It's like they just speak the language and they know the time and yeah. So it's interesting you say the light workers coming together to create order, create structure, create systems, because yeah. it's always kind of felt like that was the tangible difference, at least like from, observationally from what you're seeing be happening between evil and good like yeah. evil seems to have been able to completely organize and figure out how to have this behind the scenes wizard of oz kind of plan but then you've got all of these angelic light workers kind of flying around doing their own thing and kind of trying doing their best but how do they come together collectively and synergetically fight 
that force. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting. Clearly you're doing that with your, your group with Starry Alignment now being a collective, right? Thank you. Yeah. So right now we're getting both of the, it's really interesting because we're getting both Saturn in his yang expression where he is right now in Aquarius and Saturn back in his yin expression for from July through to December of 2020. And then once we go through that little miss flip-flop period, there will be a time from 2021 to 2023 that the Saturn is just in Aquarius. And since Saturn is that greater malefic, I think that this darker force will be something that we are finding a way to outsmart. And it and I think that Saturn's movement into Pisces in late 2023, which is a yin sign ruled by Jupiter, the greater benefic, the one that rules abundance and expansion and hope and optimism. When Saturn moves there and is under the rulership of Jupiter, I think I think then we'll see a whole nother paradigm. Like finally, Jupiter is here. You know, like we will just be lighter. Okay. It'll be it'll be lighter. Like what we just had Jupiter in Sagittarius from in all of 2019. We were, you know, the economy in the United States was the highest it ever was. Everyone's becoming a coach. Everyone's living free. Like that was a crazy year in 2019. Are becoming a coach. Well, we won't go there, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Sagittarius Jupiter is the is the teacher to the gods. So it's funny that during that time when Jupiter was. Jupiter, it was in his home sign. We saw that. So yes, I think that it's going to require perseverance and uh, unity across borders too, because that's really the beautiful thing of Saturn and Aquarius. The last time we had Saturn and Aquarius in 1992, 1999, 1992, 1993, um, we saw a lot of unity amongst the world. We had the fair trade agreement happen and be signed between Canada, the United States, and uh, South America. Um, And we saw trade agreements being stringent, trade agreements being lifted with China when Saturn was in Aquarius. Yeah. And there's, there's some other correlations to basically more world peace, more connection amongst our global community. And we're back in that energy. And here we are on the internet you're in Canada and I'm in the U S and people are listening all over the world and we are connected. So that's really the strength is just using the internet, using what Aquarius also has a connection to using technology to better our relationship to the plant, to time. But I think also it's about reminding us that we can innovate on our own. It's a very individual, individualistic sign, uh, Aquarius. It's um, kind of like the loner. It's, it's the outcast. So each of us in our own little spaces as we quarantine are really incubating some genius ideas. So patience with that will help a lot as well. I know that's hard to hear when like, we just want high quality organic cannabis products with us at all times. But what I'm hoping too is that we'll be able to start growing our own plants in that same individualistic, self-empowered theme that Saturn and Aquarius brings. I keep saying that, that we, nature's so much the place where we're connected and able to be right now. And that all of us, I think, will grow more than just cannabis plants, right? Yeah. Well, we're allowed to grow four plants each year. And 
I, th I think we'll really see that happen as long as people can get their hands on clones, you know? We talked about astrology being a study of, let's just say like a hybrid between math and science and magic, right? That alchemy that you called it. Often like flowers and plants and cannabis can help you kind of tap into that side of things. But how would, as an astrologer, how do you sort of recommend somebody uses cannabis in- Ooh, that's a good question. Do you know what I mean? Yes. In, in their day-to-day -day life, because astrology teaches us to respect the seasons of ourselves and- the energy of the stars, right? I'm sure that my astrology doesn't say that I can smoke all day, every day. <laughs> so yeah. how does that all work? Yeah, that's a really beautiful question. Well, um, there's a lot of ways to approach it. For one, whenever we use plants or whenever we even like consume water, consume anything, if we do it in ritual, it's going to, and we do it in prayer and with intention, it's going to follow that intention. Just like our birth chart is a seed of experience. If we, if we initiate our connection with the plant with good intention, that can ripple out. Um, but there's also timing, which is why astrology is connected so deeply to ritual. So maybe it depends. There's a lot of sensitivities that we have to certain astrological phenomenon based on our birth chart. So like if you're born near a full moon, you might be more of a full moon person and enjoy doing your rituals then. Or maybe it's the opposite. I think that it's important to see kind of who you are, like knowing what phase you were born under is really helpful. And moon phase? Yes, I did. Yeah, moon phase. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So knowing what moon phase you were born under can be helpful and what moon, what moon sign you are and doing rituals around that. Like you can basically time your consumption with this psychedelic and medicinal plant based on the energy that you want to experience. So that sometimes we have the moon in a sextile to Venus, which is really beautiful for dance and creating art and intimacy and sexuality. So that's a great time to connect with cannabis. Or there's other times where there's um, connections with Jupiter. And if you want to be philosophical and so basically you can time your the experience that's happening in the in the time that you're in with the plant. So I think it's important and it's helpful for me to know like, oh, today uh, the moon is squaring Pluto and that is going to really bring me into my shadow and have, have me facing things that I might be uncomfortable with. So if I'm using something like cannabis, I need to be mindful that I don't go into the depths of my shadow and or maybe it's just better for me to wait. Maybe it's better for me to be conscious through this. It really depends what you need. Sometimes we, we really benefit from seeing things from that uh, perspective that cannab cannabis puts the lens on for us. Um, so just really being prepared for experiencing the energy that the planets are creating in their magnetic combinations as time passes through the expansiveness that the cannabis plant gives to our aura and our senses, we become more hypersensitive. So like I was saying with the moon connection, maybe you want to see how you feel when you connect with the cannabis and the moon on a full moon. But if the moon is on a new moon, it's, it's a little less intense. Full moons are 
you're going to be up all night or you're going to be having crazy dreams. The, the, there's more intensity because the moon rules our emotions. So yeah, there's, I, I could definitely say that medical astrology is designed so that you can basically consume all medicine according to your own sacred rhythm. So if you're interested in learning how to basically customize your consumption for ritual, just start studying your chart, use Google, connect with me. I have a program. There's a lot of resources online and you will be amazed by how it deepens your relationship to the plant, to yourself, to, and even when you don't use the plant, because you have that, you have that connection to yourself. And yeah, I, I just, I find it really beautiful to even, even, even think of Saturn and cannabis conceptually can be um, helpful, even in when you don't have the plant, which is kind of interesting. You honestly just blew my mind. You truly, because clearly weed or cannabis or the flower or whatever the beautiful term is helps you deeply engage with whatever's right in front of you. I've always said that. I've never considered because it, it also amplifies the emotional state you're in. It can am- sometimes amplify what hurts. You know what I mean? And everything's a little bit more intense. And I've never even considered that the energy of the day could also become more intense or that mm-hmm. there were probably more bountiful times versus more shadow work times, as you call yeah. it. Um, that's just wild to me. Because that would really, it really would help with intention. It would really help with ritual and gratitude practice and remembering to do it right and that kind of thing. So I just, I just love that. So your podcast is, is it still daily? Like what are your favorite resources for knowing the energy of like the day and the week? I love your podcast, Starry Alignment. I love Kay Pacha, who does weekly reports. But beyond that, what are some that sort of rise to the top for you? How people can learn, because everyone learns differently. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going. Like, where do I? There's so many ways to learn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for, I'll start with the resources that we've created, or at least with the podcast. So the idea with the podcast was to give people a tool or no matter what they're doing every day is like a ritual. So we can tune into the astrological weather together through the podcast. So it's a daily horoscope podcast for the collective. It's not based on sun sign, moon sign. It's based on what phase the moon is in, what sign the moon is in, what aspects the moon's making, other planets and aspects, retrogrades, all the you know general astrological movement we cover every day in 15 minutes or less. And through that, you can just tune in and, and, and by becoming aware of the daily transit, what sign the moon is in, what aspects are happening, uh, you just observe applying that information to what you're experiencing. We are so disconnected from ourselves and our bodies and the energy around us that we're, we experience things that we don't process or that we don't actually realize we're feeling. And sometimes it just takes tapping into the energetic weather report, as you put it, to understand what those kind of emotions are. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, It's incredible how disembodied we are 
from something so powerful. Mm-hmm. And how much power we have now. This right. is the first time in history in the last really like 30 years that we've had astrological software to calculate what's happening every day in the last 30 years. Otherwise, we'd have to do it all by hand. Right. So this is so powerful now that we can see where things are in the sky and and connect to the planets in ritual. Just like you were saying, like, oh, now I can do it more ritualistically. So you can listen to the podcast and take notes on the aspects. We have a lot of people that do that. And it, it's like kind of their morning practice. Um, I also use a calendar called um, Wicked Veracity. It's at wickedveracity.com. And she, um, someone I worked with a couple of years ago, who's an awesome, like, beautiful witch and astrologer, clairvoyant soul. Uh, she basically takes astrological software and puts all of the transits on a Google calendar. So it's a monthly subscription and you can get all the transits right in your calendar, which is how I plan everything. It's how I write my horoscopes. Um, I don't have to use the software or an app or anything and tick through time. I know for the next year when every time the moon's going to try in Venus, every time the moon's going to you know, sextile Jupiter, when we have a new moon, all of the aspects are right on my Google calendar, which helped me every single day in my planning. That calendar is amazing. There's also printed calendars um, that can be really helpful. And it's really just a daily practice. So just like yoga, you know, it's like do yoga every day or meditate every day. Those are great goals, but if you don't do it, it doesn't mean you're not doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you miss your astrology for three weeks or six months or a day, like it's okay, just jump back in and and it, it becomes a tool you can take out whenever you need. And um, we created a program, or I, I really, I created a program and I'm now integrating some of my mentees into the program. Um, it's called Sacred Rhythm and it's designed to connect you to each of the planets, what they mean, what they represent, how to embody, connect to them in an embodied fashion, um, and how to work with the planets with your personal natal chart and all of the aspects happening to the collective and also to you personally. So right now we are in the process of making this program much more accessible. Um, In the beginning stages of it, it was just a coaching program that I would do with women one-on-one for six months. And I can, I've only, I've only worked with 15 women and there's the whole world. So, um, we are working on making it more of a monthly, um, experience where every month we come back and talk about a different topic so that after a year you've, you've got everything that I think that you need to, um, deepen your astrological lifestyle design that's personalized to you because you know you more than even an astrologer would. So becoming your own astrologer is where the magic's at. Well, that's what I was just going to say is I vibe the stars very much live by the temperature of the astrological climate. Mm-hmm. I've got no fucking idea what my birth chart is. I don't know yeah. what it does. I don't know what it does. I, I had it read by somebody who didn't speak English that well. And she was kind of like, uh oh, <laughs> like it was, this is where, what is this? Right. How important do you think it is for people to, really kind of understand that star map as you call it versus just having kind of a a pulse on on what's going on in the world oh such a good question i'm so glad you asked that because it can really bring us down to earth with expectations of ourselves so you know before technology if you were not an astrologer 
did it mean you weren't in sacred union with nature? So people would just connect to the planets or to the moon sign. Um, so that's why I was starting off with just by having an understanding of Venus or basically all the planets. So what does the sun mean to you? What, is, what does the moon mean to you? What is Venus, Mars? All of these qualities, you can see them throughout life. So layman people did not know their birth chart. They did not know the sky. And that's 99% of society. And that's even now people don't know. And we are in a place where you can learn, but you don't even need to. You can work with um, an ally to give you guidance when you need it. But yeah, just like you said, just taking that pulse is sort of our divine right. We are antennas for the pulse. And it's just like any other rabbit hole that we find in life. If we're interested, we can learn so much, but also the surface level information can be enough. It really depends like what you want to utilize your time for, which is really what life is. It's just time. I don't know. It's where your passion lies, but you can always just take a pulse and um, that'll take you a long way too. I love that. Are there new moon? You've talked about the different energies between new moon and full moon. I know that women have, we've acclimated to the moons in terms of our own cycles. I'm very much like full moon. Hello. What are your, some of new moon versus full moon rituals and how can you use the energy sort of differently between the two with or without cannabis? So new moons are a time for me where it's really feeling into that void because there's no light in the sky at night. If you just open your field to no light in the sky at night, this is complete darkness. This is void. I was so excited by your question before and really this connects to the void. It's okay not to know. There's mm -hmm. such power in not knowing. And that's where, that's like the energy of the new moon is like, there's something new coming, but I really don't know what it is. There's something that's going to fill this void, but I don't really know what it is. But our intuition will start to guide us to what that is. So I guess I would say a ritual for me would be just to bring my conscious awareness to what I'm noticing is opening up for space in my life and what I'm hoping will fill that space. If you study your birth chart, if you just know your rising sign, um, then you'll know where the new moon is falling in your chart. So Pisces rising, the new moon is falling in your second house of, oh no, your third house, your third house of communication and community and um, ritual, which is so fun because we're deepening your like ritual awareness right now. I feel like the astrology. Certainly. Yeah. So you can, you can set your new moon intentions based on your rising sign and where the new moon's going to fall in a certain house. So yeah, new beginnings and just being open. Like what, what do I want to, or hope to put in this place in my life? What am I calling into the void? And with the full moon, it's a culmination of that intention. And with the culmination, there's a sense of maturing. So we realize, well, maybe that didn't happen how I thought it would. Or, um, wow, that was a miracle. Like, look at what's shown up in my life. How powerful am I? This is the full peak of, of light. So um, it's really about honoring what we have to be grateful for that is showing itself, whether it's, you know, it's difficult or uplifting. Um, so during that full moon period, as the, as the moon begins to wane towards its darkness after the peak energy, we are closing out 
what the intention originally was. And it's not until the moment of that new moon that a whole cycle has been complete. So it's, it's really helpful to be aware of the movement of time. And even after the full moon, there's a shedding and there's an integration that's happening. The nun, we had nuns on our, on an episode once who they're called sisters of the Valley and they grow, they mark which moon cycle they've grown Dreams. and harvested the moon, the flower with, right? That's why but, I love your podcast. <laughs> it's my dream. Right? <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Would, would it, would the plant even take on those energies? Oh yeah, that's yeah. it. That's why it's my dream because it's like, that's like aged wine, but really conscious and, and cannabis. <laughs> that was a great Zodiac year. Okay. Yeah. So- we can like travel through time. It does. It takes on the energy. It takes on the energy of the grower. It takes on the energy of the time. I'm going to ask you your favorite strain. Love it. So my favorite strain, I had only once and one time in Seattle and it's called Harlequin and it it literally changed my life. It rooted me in the importance of this plant being a part of my life's mission. (laughs) Harlequin is so amazing. I don't know if you've ever had it. The experience of smoking it is like breathing the cleanest air. It's like an air filter, it feels like. It just, to me, the process of inhaling it almost felt like I was drinking water. It's a very um, high CBD cannabis plant and it's really good for anxiety and healing pain without any like without making you tired and right. it actually it has this earthy flavor and sweet mango flavor so i'm sure you would love it myrcene that's a that's my terpene myrcene mm-hmm. i sometimes think that similar to that kind of star map when you find the flower that's right for you there's this symphonic kind of harmony and it's like ah there it is you know and mm-hmm. maybe that was your body being like yes that's, yeah it was that's CBD. yeah it was just such a great experience and I was stoked so what is your message that you can kind of leave with our high tea listeners and high tea audience from the, an astrologer's perspective, from Stephen Medina's perspective, from Harlequin's perspective, whatever. (laughs) I know we're in a wild time now. I think it's important for everyone to sort of use their voice as loud as they can. Well, my message would be to follow your intuition and to think about what the way you're using your time right now can be of service to the greater good. Saturn is a planet that rules discipline and endurance and mastery. And for the first time in 30 years, we have Saturn in his home sign. And so we can embody a sense of mastery on an entirely new level. And I'm sure many of us are experiencing that as we're in this quarantine and um, recalibrating our sense of inner strength. So put in the hard work that you feel is calling you and find balance with just caring for yourself and knowing that everything, all good things happen with time. You don't need to put the pressure on yourself that we are trying to alleviate as a society. I think that this world crisis that we're in is slowing us down, which is what Saturn does. Saturn's the slowest moving planet. It's saying, slow down. You've got time, you know, and the more that we can respect the time that we're given, respect the bodies, the bones, the plants, um, the more it will reap the benefit of that. 
So yeah, you can find us. I would love if, if any of you are loving this talk to stay connected. So I started the Starry Alignment podcast in October of 2018, Scorpio season, funny enough. I ran the podcast as a daily horoscope. Yeah, so you can tune in. You can tune in and you'll hear me um, once a month. Uh, you'll hear Ash Brooks, who's a musician who creates music based on the stars. Um, Jennifer Reitmeyer, who's a Reiki master and tarot master. And Georgia Rye, who's an herbalist journalist, seamstress, and astrologer. So we invite you to just come check out our podcast, subscribe, let us know how you like it, leave a rating. And we are also offering a membership right now called the Starry Alignment Society. Become a member and get all the forecasts two weeks in advance. So if you're planning something or if you want to deepen your astrological studies, you can join the membership, which also will get you 15% off readings and 50, 50% off of online workshops. And we're starting to host our first workshop on April 24th. If you are curious about your chart, please feel free to reach out. You can go to starryalignment.com. You can DM me on Instagram at stevie.medina or on Instagram at starry alignment.collective. I love it. Thank you, Stevie, so much. Speaking of time and using it wisely for your beautiful time and insight today. Mm. This was so insightful for me as an astrology fan. You taught me so much and I can't wait to deepen my sacred rhythm. Oh my goodness. Thank you. It's been a, like a dream. I want to tell you that before I started my astrological podcast, I was like, I should start a, a cannabis podcast. And this was Harlequin talking, right? <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 I'm not, this is not my, this is not my role. Let's do astrology. And here I am, my first podcast interview ever on your podcast talking about cannabis. So thank you so much for having me. It's been oh an honor. Gosh. Thank you for being here. And thank you for that. I think we're all here to share our gifts. And I think that's the lesson and that's what the universe is teaching us right now. And whether it's a cannabis podcast, a Harlequin podcast, <laughs> <laughs> astrology or whatever is next for us both. I can't wait. So yeah. thank you. I hope we inspired everyone today the way you inspired me. Yeah. Thanks everyone thank for joining. Thank you, Stevie Medina. It's been high tea life. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Insta at hightea.life. Like us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all the other things. Join our invite list and holla at your girl by visiting hightea.life.